Brethren, I have a question for you. Oscar White, brethren. I'm so happy to have you back here. And I know your handsome face always likes to look good, correct? Absolutely. And you, as as we asked Joe last week, of you know, the, the, the businessman, you, engineering, smartest man that I know, does it make financial safe to save money on purchases? It absolutely does. Like, that's always a good idea. I, I don't know who would say no so, to that. Right? I don't know who would either, right? Guys, when you go to ElmontYouthSoccer.com and enter the promo code TJW10, you're going to save so much money. And here's why. Just going to ElmontYouthSoccer.com is going to save you like ridiculous amounts of money on all of the jerseys you can find, any sport, you name it. All right. This is, you know, a system where the more you buy, the more you save and the, the prices are already so low anyway, bro. It's crazy. But then you enter the promo code TJW10, you take off even more money. It's, it's like, I still, we've been doing this, this for how long? And I still can't wrap my head around how good of a deal it is. Yeah. I still can't believe it myself. It's amazing. It's unbelievable. Guys, go to ElmontYouthSoccer.com and enter the promo code TJW10 at checkout. You're going to help support the show. You're going to look good. You're going to save money and finish up your holiday shopping. Today's episode of the Jersey Wall Podcast, we talk all about the round of 16 in the UEFA Champions League. Haven't rhymed in a while, so forgive me if I'm rusty. Like Tottenham's trophy cabinet, bro, the flow's getting dusty. December 13, this day will live on as the time the round of 16 had to be redrawn. Take one, here we go. Competition across the board with one massive storyline. It had to be explored. Goat versus goat. United PSG again? Oops, sorry, we goofed. All right, run it back then. Take two, in the books, we move on to plan B. Ramos is homecoming, but so too for Messi. The runners-up in Group A haven't lived up to the hype. I got a feeling that Madrista girls are just Mbappe's type. Liverpool, Ajax, Bayern all went 6-for-6, while Xavi's lonely Catalans are not in the mix. Manchester finished first, both blue and red alike, between Kyle Walker and Cristiano, who had the cleaner strike. But the MVP so far has to be Sebastian Haller. Ten goals, scored every game. Ronaldo's record say, don't you dare. And speaking of CR7, he revisits an old friend, crushing Simeone's Atleti Fortress like troops is back again. Leland Salzburg advanced in their joke of a group. Sevilla sent back to Europa. They got a trophy to recoup. Chelsea blew it in Russia, but it all worked out okay. Drawing Lille back to back, Roman was happy to pay. The redo gave us new life and new fixtures to examine. We're starving for this competition. These next few months will be a famine. And while these games are still like two months away, the discussion starts now. The round of 16 starts today. Boom. Well done, sir. There it is. That was great. How'd you like it? That was, that was amazing. I like it. I, I like the seven. little uh, nuggets Maybe. in there. Yeah, like what? Uh, like the little back again. <laughs> back again, bro. It had to be. And back again. So are we, bro. Mina. Welcome back to the podcast. I didn't see you last week, man. I missed you. Yeah, I missed you guys too. And I think from the background, you can you can tell where I was. But yeah, yeah you had uh, you had been here last reason. week. You did. You had an adequate reason for not being here. Beyond adequate, I'll say, and we'll get to that in just a moment for our listeners. <laughs> um, as always, I'm your host, Mr. Nathan Santos, aka Master Chef Nate. This is the Jersey Wall Podcast, episode number one hundred and twenty-one. Mina is back in the co-hoster seat, and I'm very, very excited to have him here. And I want to get, usually we do our bro talks, have nothing to do with footy, but sometimes, sometimes they do. And on days like today, where we have a topic that we're certainly going to discuss for most of the episode, our bro talk segment, when something this epic comes up, once in a lifetime almost, we have to throw it in. We just have to throw it in. We're going to dive right into the footy. This is going to be an actual footy episode of the Jersey Wall podcast. Who knew? Right? Who knew? Imagine that. Bro, it's been a while since we had one of those. A purely footy episode? Wow. Yeah, I know. I mean, we've given everyone some good content, some good non-football related content. And I think it's time to put it in every once in a while because something like this does not happen every week. And I you make an exception. Agree. Absolutely. Would you like for me to set the stage or would you like to set the stage all for yourself? Set this beautiful stage. All Come right. On, do it. The, the virtual background. Amina's been running with virtual backgrounds for like... 50 episodes of the podcast, right? Almost for the last like full calendar year. 
not not only calendar year, but like 52 weeks almost. Mina's had very intricate and interesting uh, virtual backgrounds, right? He's had, he's been under the tree in Phineas and Ferb's backyard. He's been in local pubs. He's been in B-dubs. He's been um, on the couch in Family Guy. He's been in the couch in How I Met Your Mother. He's been on the loft couch in New Girl. He's been everywhere that there is to be. But his favorite seat are the red ones behind him at Old Trafford. Today, Mina revisits the time that he was. He went to glory, glory, Man United, Old Trafford. Mina, please tell me about because I've never been like unequivocally happier for someone <laughs> than seeing you hold the Premier League trophy and the Champions League trophy and taking the selfie in front of in front of the stadium and just thinking to myself like, I'm so happy that he is realizing his dream here. The grin is ear to ear. And I just want to hear all about it. Yeah, honestly, the grin is back because, you know, you have such a way with words. And that's why I wanted you to set the scene because it brings everybody into the emotions. And I can't explain, and I don't think anyone can explain that feeling of going there for the first time. And you see kids do it all the time, but to be 23 years old and to finally go to the, the house of your team, like the home of your team. Yeah is amazing and especially when it's an iconic one like this it's it's absolutely amazing and i couldn't stop smiling from the minute i went until the minute i left and even after that one i went back to the hotel and let me tell you i went to okay so everyone i went to the champions league match between man united and young boys the uh, the final yep. round in the group stages and yep. that game started local time in manchester at 8 p.m I was at Old Trafford outside at 4 p.m. Dude, <laughs> I remember I you sending me pictures. So early. Oh you were there God. so early. And I'm like, dude, wasn't this kickoff like four? Because you sent it to me. It was like 11 a.m. my time because I was on. I was yeah. approaching my lunch break at work. And I'm like, <laughs> what do you mean? And, so I, and like I looked at the clock. Like, time? Yeah, I thought I was like, oh, maybe the game starts at 12.45 my time, right? Like maybe it's the early kickoff for midweek fixtures. And then I look, I'm like, no, this game's not till three. Like, this, <laughs> you're there so, or I'm just imagining you like touching every inch that your finger could oh, reach of the building. Just like, this is, my, I'm t- and, 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 and Wayne Rooney has been here and, and David Beckham has been here. <laughs> Mate, and, honestly, and, like, you know, when everyone says like, there's a, there's an atmosphere, like there's a, there's a spirit, an air to the place. It genuinely, like it was that. And obviously it's because I know everything that has gone on in that stadium. Right. <laughs> basically everything like 99% of the stuff that's gone on there and I've been watching since the first game I can remember is when David Beckham was there and I can't remember the opposition but it was in like 2003 so I was like five years old so ever, ever since I've been five years old that's been the place I've idolized so much and I've right. always wanted to go there and to go and to see the Trinity state statue the Matt Busby statue the Sir Alex Ferguson statue which I spent like a good 20 minutes just looking at like honestly I I walked the stadium four or five times like the, the premises of the ground I've walked four or five times before I, and, and in the rain, because obviously I got an authentic experience with absolutely terrible weather, just raining on the entire time. I got there at four, That's authentic. started raining at around like 5.30 until I got back to the hotel. Um, uh, but thankfully, you know, as you could see a little bit from my virtual background, the, the seats are covered, but the right. pitch isn't obviously. Um, so uh, from five, like four o'clock, I took all the pictures in the front I walked around, went to the Munich tunnel under the Sir Bobby Charlton stand, you know, looked at everything. And apparently there's there's a flame that never dies uh, in the Munich tunnel for the team, um, other than the tribute that they have for them. Is it electric? The clock just, or is it magic? The clock stops. No, it's uh, it's gas. Like, it's enclosed in, in a thing, and it's gas. Like, it actually is a flame. Um, wow. And I walked that. Um, uh, I saw Rio going into the stadium, but it was so far away from me. Yeah, that sparked um, a debate between us. You <laughs> yeah, we can get to that a little later. <laughs> um, it was amazing. Like it, it was actually, it was more than I expected it to be, but it was still everything that I expected it to be. And I can't believe that I actually got in the moment. You know, the video I sent you guys when I was walking up the stairs and I looked and it took the whole place in. I was one of the first people into the stadium and I I loved it because it was like I had it for myself and I had the opportunity to just take the whole atmosphere in before it filled. And 76,000 people is a lot louder than you think it is. Bro, I can imagine how loud that would actually be. Like, I, I'm trying to picture a similar thing. And the only thing I compare I can compare it to is when I went to the Camp Nou uh, in Barcelona, yes. which was... Which is bigger. Which is, which is bigger, exactly. But see, yeah. that stadium isn't covered. And we were like at the very, very, very top. And so... And it was just like a, it was a Saturday game, but it was against like 
like Ibar or Getafe or something like that. Ooh, so it wasn't like, Getafe, like huge. Yeah. But to watch your favorite team play in the Champions League, I, I couldn't even imagine how how exciting the it was. Anthem, man. Oh yeah, you got to hear it, bro. And I watched all the videos anthem. that you sent me, like from start yeah. to end. And even posting it, because people who follow the Jerzwell Instagram uh, account, follow it if you don't already, TJW Podcast on Instagram, saw that you even recorded an exclusive video for uh, for the Instagram page, which was just like a touching moment for me. Because you remember... I don't know if you remember, but I remember very, very clearly in the early days of the podcast when we were really, really like committed to growing it, especially on YouTube. What we do yes. is anytime anybody went anywhere, we would have them yes. listen to the show there. And then we'd, we'd, it would be TJW International, right? So I have pictures of my friend Diego when he went to Mexico and he drew the logo, the NSV Sports logo in the yeah, sand on the beach amazing. in Mexico, I right? I remember Serena going to, oh, where did she go? I, I think it was Nice. Or it was somewhere in France listening to the Jersey nice. in a cafe and snapping a pic. <laughs> Like listening to the podcast. Yeah, that's nice. Exactly. <laughs> listening to it in paper. there. And when it does work on paper a lot better. And when I went to Portugal, I was playing it there too. And we we're building yeah, this TJW International. Stuff from like Egypt and right. London and stuff. Yeah. And now being there. And and I have to tell you, I think your your London accent has to be calibrated every now and then. Because I think you lose it just marginally. But you've I been do, yeah. it's been stronger. It's it's been but it's like my French, right? It's like when you go somewhere, you have to use it more, become just offer yeah. it as a little bit more legit. You, you tune it up a little bit and you've tightened it up being in Egypt, but you've tightened up the uh, <laughs> the accent really just from going to London. Because bro, when you were, I barely even understood you in that video. You sounded like, <laughs> sounded like troops in that video, bro. You're like, right. Back again. Yeah. Back again. Right. And then I'm like, <laughs> no, okay, it was dude. amazing. But but the accent definitely got stronger when I was there, like 100%. Like, did it shift to a Mancunian accent? Or did it just stay London, London? London. Like swearing and stuff like it did a little bit I, mm. I must admit like it definitely like it picked up from the word the sounds that I was hearing and right. just to sing all the different like songs that that I've that I know yeah. it felt like I was one of the like one of them like one of the Mancunians that I've always lived there and and I just know all of these songs I was sitting next to like some Spanish guys and they didn't know any of the songs because obviously they were just tourists but and I don't know if they're you fans, say like you're they're, not <laughs> every single one. Yeah, obviously, like yeah, every single one. You're like immigrants. Join, Get these like, out of here. Like as though you're not just later. a tourist. <laughs> yeah, I am a tourist, but 100 percent. Like if you heard me in the stadium, it felt like I was always there. I believe um, it. But they joined like a bar later and I was already there. And it was it was such an amazing experience. And like every single time they'd be like, Bravo. <laughs> Love it. And you know what? Here's the uh, the poetry that we were referring to off the top. The theater of dreams made dreams come true, didn't it? Hundred percent, yeah. Boom. And it wasn't. And I know it was a one-one, and the, the big the big players weren't there. But I couldn't care less. Like the you got to say, Zidane Iqbal play, bro. You're telling me that isn't just yeah. as good as the real Zinedine like, Zidane. <laughs> I watched. I watched. Like you know, obviously some some good players and like decent players showed up that day. Obviously, like one matter. I saw Mason Greenwood score an absolutely amazing goal. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. That was freaking incredible. It was in the opposite end. I was sitting in the Stratford end, my tie-ad. And I saw Greenwood score that goal. It was amazing. And just, you know, I was, it felt like touching distance away from Rio, but it was so far away. Yeah. But I was like waving to him. I was like, Rio. <laughs> and, uh, but obviously he didn't see me. And also Owen Hargreaves as well. But, you know, Rio. Rio's yeah. Like, and the videos Rio's don't always do it justice, right? Because when you no. sit close, Owen Hargreaves from Hamilton, by the way, when mm. you sit um, Canadian, one of our own. When you sit in the stadium, and I'll just know this from, from TFC games, right? Like you feel like you're just in touching distance yeah. from the pitch. But then you show someone a video and they're like, ah. And you're, you're like, so no, no, it was better. <laughs> See, I was in like row 21, so I got, some, got like decent seats. Yeah, I remember one time at a, at a, and this would have been the worst for you. Like this happened to me and it was just like, I've been to a million TFC games, right? But this happened. Yeah. And it's the only thing I can compare it to, right? Because I love TFC and going to TFC games is, but it's not the equivalent to you going to see a United game, right? Just yeah, the like I feel like the, you the, would have a special occasion of going all, to the Etihad, right? right exactly. Yeah. Like it's it's on a whole other level. But I remember there was a penalty, and I was like, I was sitting to the left of one of the nets on the north side of the stadium, right. and I was pretty much in line with the corner flag, right? And TFC had a penalty shooting on that net, so I had like a perfect view, and I still have the video of. At me recording the penalty and it being just ruined for me because as it went in, the dude in front oh, of me stood up yeah. at the moment it went in and it's just like, yeah. And he just pops right up <laughs> like one of those like inflatable That's arm things from Family Guy. Dude, so I'm, while I'm disappointed that you didn't get to record the actual goal itself, getting the atmosphere from the celebration, very, very cool. 
Great. Yeah, and and like obviously I wanted to like explode in euphoria yeah. when the goal went in, and, I, and I did. So it was amazing. Cool. The best I was like feel. shaking people around me. I yeah. was being shaken. That's all you got to do, man. That's in the that way. moment, you feel like your family, and it's it's sick. Yeah, I love that communal bond, and it's the type of and we're, we'll move on from this one because I know if you're not a United fan, you're probably like. Well, who cares? Who but cares? here's yeah. here's why it's important, okay? <laughs> it, it's what I said off the top, right? I, it, For me, if I were to go to Old Trafford, I'd be like, oh, this is cool, like a historic stadium. Like this is, even if I'm a City fan, it doesn't really matter. But to see someone else as excited as they are, like living their absolute like favorite thing in the world, it's like a little kid at a birthday party when Spider-Man shows up yeah. and they're like, oh my God, you are Spider-Man. <laughs> I, dude, I am such a fan of your work. You are incredible. That's, uh, that's the equivalent. You just got to appreciate it. The joy is infectious. It. The joy is but absolutely infectious. It, is. Like, it, it really You feel is. happy seeing someone else. That's why like feel-good news always spreads so quickly because it just yeah. makes you feel as happy seeing them win yeah. um, or seeing that good news happen to them. And it was amazing. And I can't wait for you to experience something similar and same with Joe. One day, bro. One day. We'll all go, One we'll go together. We'll do a Jersey Wall International yes. and we'll each we'll hit up the stadium, all the stadiums that we want to. That would be um, sick. It would be sick. Now, bro, I have just a quick question before we move on to our uh, Champions League discussion, okay? And we can, t- I mean, you know, we're, we're loose with the structure here. And I know we said we'd keep it to the footy, but I just have a question for you because it's been bothering me, all right? Tell me. This right here under my under my eye, is it noticeable? No. Okay, thank you. Because... No, it's not noticeable. I it feel, was in the Snapchat that you sent me, but not... Yeah, dude, this is the thing. And like, the, Mr., I'll be honest with you guys, okay? If we're we're going to break the fourth wall here a little bit. We're going to keep this episode a little bit tighter than we normally would. And it's because Mr. Mm. Master Chef Ney got a doctor's appointment after this to examine why I look like Zuko. All right. If you are <laughs> a fan of The Last Airbender, you, you will understand what that means. And I feel like my eye looks like Zuko right now, even though it doesn't. And I don't know why this has happened. So I'm going to go check it out, making sure that Master Chef Ney stays healthy forever. By the way, before we move on to the Champions League discussion, that was just a little, I had to just throw it out. If, if I did look like Zuko, I was going to give you like five free shots to roast me. And, it, and then it would have been fine. But since you didn't even notice, it's fine. It's all in my head. What are you going to do? Yeah. We did something special this weekend, didn't we? What did we do this week? You and I, this weekend, mm-hmm. do you remember? Do you remember? I do Saturday, remember. Sunday morning, Sunday morning, Mina and I went on an app called ColorCast. And we broadcast our very first game as commentators. And this was basically TJW Live. Yeah. And it was really, really fun. We, we did commentary on uh, Leicester versus Newcastle. Newcastle. And you can tell what it was they a very had memorable it, game. And they had it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's because they had it labeled as, as um, City versus United, right? Which is technically true. As we mentioned on the broadcast, it's techni- they're technically not wrong. It is Leicester City versus Newcastle United. But it's awfully misleading, isn't it, right? <laughs> and so if you woke up to watch or listen to us talk about City versus United and you were faced with the stone-cold reality that it was just a City versus a United, I thank you for joining us nonetheless. And I just want to bring this mm-hmm. forward because it will. we're going to find out soon if this is something that we're going to be doing frequently as color casters for, as casters for, for color cast and for the app. Uh, and if it is, there will be much, many, many more announcements um, on there. And, and you can follow me on, on color cast at master chef Ney, and we'll get to the plugs and stuff towards the end. But the reason I bring this up is because if we don't end up doing it frequently, I would like to propose right here on the show that you and I do this like at least once a month, just do TJW live we should. and just, just do the commentary on like on, on big fixtures, right? Like we can do it for like a, a massive boxing day fixture, right? We can do or it. We can for, do like a watch along or something. Yeah. Like you know, like it's wings. Cause I had a lot of fun yeah. doing it. Like, uh, you know, we've been Me thinking too. of how to do TJW for a live, you know, live for a while. And it, what we're going to do is just like stream it on Twitch or something, but this is like, and maybe we can get to that, but right now this seems like a really good viable interim solution where you and I can just chat about footy just as we always do while loosely discussing the game that's on TV, that's on TV, even though your feed is ahead of mine. <laughs> it's great. And I, and I honestly love that you can bring people into the, to the show. Like you can yeah. bring people into the cast and the broadcast and just listen to the takes that they have. Like that's actually a really good feature for men. They're not listening to this. So it's, it's no. not like I'm brown nosing or anything. No, no, exactly. They're like, it's genuinely a cool feature that you can have someone. And we had Joe, shout out Joe. Uh, come uh, on and, and talk to us for a bit. So that was that was pretty sick. Yeah, he did, bro. 
Joey, our freaking guy. We love Joey. Thank you for all of us uh, who joined us on ColorCast. We just want to plug that before we move on to the Champions League of it all, which we'll get to right now. But uh, but thank you, yeah, for, for just indulging me there for a moment while I brought that up because yeah. those are like the things on my agenda that we had to talk about, right? Old Trafford, <laughs> Zuko I, ColorCast, and then we'll get to the other <laughs> stuff at the end of the show. For now, there there's no shortage of games we could talk about, right? The round of 16 fixture. I'll, I'll ask you, where do you want to start here? Because I kind of want to start with PSG versus Madrid only because we kind of see this as like the biggest, yeah, you know, heavy hitter, the biggest tie-in type yeah. game, right? And and even before we do, I mean, we can talk about how UEFA messed up the the draw, right? <laughs> Which is like, shambles. how can you be UEFA and mess up the Champions? Like, this is your thing. Like, this is like this is what you do. You've yeah, done you only have thousand years here. Literally, like, just figure it out <laughs> beforehand, and then, like, we know it's rigged anyway. You know, yeah. like it doesn't need how did you fuck it up? They You're, should honestly just release it. Like just straight up release the, the thing. Don't make an yeah. event out of it. Just oh, release the forget it. these are this is what the, the knockout let the fans, fans vote. And and yeah. Well, why not? Because it's <laughs> gonna be the determined that way anyway. Really just randomize point. it. Just find software, put in all the all the different like no, because um, then the narratives aren't there, bro. Click randomize. Currently, they do it based on what they think will sell the most, which is basically a fan vote. Yeah. So just do a fan vote anyway. So they had to redo it. And and honestly, that might be a better place to start than even PSG Madrid, because before it was PSG Madrid, it was PSG United. And you, we've we've seen that fixture a few times in the last few years, right? Like oh, it's like every year. It's every year. And and you guys tend to get the better of them. So like was that that big a deal, to be honest? Tell me, explain to me how you felt in that moment drawing against PSG. Do you know what? I actually did feel like we could beat them over two legs. And and just yeah, PSG are not the squad I think that we thought we they can were. beat them right. uh, in in two legs. And the game is in February, and we have the benefit of of our team that we have is we have a manager that has a clear idea of what he wants to do, and we have players that are actually prepared to listen, including Cristiano Ronaldo, right. and do what they're asked. Awesome. PSG have to defend with seven players because ten, uh, three of them are not going to work, yeah. and. Even though Pochettino might have a clear idea of what he wants to do, he has to figure out how to get seven outfield players to do that because the other three are not gonna are not gonna track back. And and, right. and obviously the those are the three are uh, Messi, uh, Neymar, and Mbappe. And and we all know this, but just for for the ones yeah. that have missed out on that point. And I think that by February we would have been in a much better place than we are now, in terms of our understanding of the style of play that Ralph wants to implement. And by then, if you know, obviously full squad permitting. I think we would have gotten the better of them in in a in too much situation or like obviously like home and away. Um, however, I was still like you can't help but be nervous when you're coming up against the Lionel Messi side. Like you just yeah, can't. Like, exactly. It was and obviously because and and I said this jokingly, but it was kind of true when Joe was like, "You beat a PSG last time," and I was like, "Yes, but now they have Lionel Messi." And the last time we played him, Ashley Young did a course turn in the camp no <laughs> and gave him the ball and and then we lost. So that right. that's why I was kind of worried. I was hoping that, you know, something might change and or but I I went into the draw fully prepared to see PSG. Yeah. Get drawn. You called with it United. too. I, I fully call. I called you, PSG you and I called Chelsea. I have to Leo. give you credit for that. Like, cause you put in the group chat even before, and this was well before Joe and I woke up. Cause it would have been by the time the draw happened on that side of the world, it was still like way yeah, too it was about early two over. hours away from the draw. Right. So we were still just, and then when you messaged <laughs> us, <laughs> when you messaged us, it was, you're like, by the way, it's going to be PSG uh, United. And then sure enough, like two hours later, you message us back. You're like, see, it's like, so, well, <laughs> the fact that you knew that kind of shows you UEFA, like, bro, we're on to you here. We know, we know what the fixture is going to be. definitely not just me. Like the entire no. internet was getting Everybody prepared knew. to see this. Because yeah. when they, when it was Juventus and Barcelona last year, we knew that they'd put them in the same group. Yeah. Because oh, they, they need to see Messi and Ronaldo playing against right. each other. And I still think that the next draw to determine the quarterfinals will have us play PSG because, or in the right. same or in the side same of the side of the bracket, because yeah. they're going to have to have Messi versus Ronaldo in the twilight years of their career, mm. just in their new diff different clubs, and and they're going to have to have it at some point. Because the last time those two faced each other in a in a knockout, um, in the knockout sides of the of the Champions League was in 2011. That's a long. So time ten ago. years on, they're going to wow. have to do it again. Yeah, they really are, and. This is the thing, like, I don't want to spend too much time talking about this fixture because it isn't actually yeah. going to happen. But I think mm -hmm. you're right. Whatever should, 
you know, PSG and United each get through respectively. And there's no shortage of narratives. And I don't, and I know that no. the whole reason why they don't do like the full on open bracket anymore is so that they can just reassess the narratives after every round, right? Like they, right. they tell us it's because they want to keep it spontaneous and blah, blah, blah. Let's just be real, right? We all know what the fixtures are going to come. And it's very, very, and we can talk about some other ones that, you know, maybe you feel like sometimes some teams get the benefit of the draw. Maybe we could talk about that a little bit. That's the, you know, I never struggle to, to find discussion points when talking about, um, you know, what draws are fair and what draws aren't. And obviously, you know, I joke about your willingness to play. I completely understand why you guys wouldn't be willing to, to play PSG, but uh, we did play them in the group. So I'm like not that afraid to play them again. Because the first time we played them, you know, it was it was frustrating at times. But I feel like the way that we beat them the second time and the way that they beat us the first time, right? Like in the two fixtures, were night yeah. and day, right? It's like one was like, 100%. okay, damn, good for you, PSG. But the, but the second one was like, oh, damn, City have City figured it out, and you guys cannot they were do anything nowhere about near it. their level. No, they're nowhere near their level. And that's when City figured it out, right? That's kind of the benefit of two legs and stuff. Is like. And I guess, you know, once it gets to the knockout stages, there's there's obviously more pressure. But once Pep kind of figured out, oh, you guys, like, all we have to do is this? Cool. We can do that, right? And it's yeah. one thing for PSG to only be playing, you're right, with like seven outfield players when defending. It's another thing entirely for the, that going forward. It's not like they're as great as we thought they would either, right? Mm-hmm. It's not like they're firing on all cylinders offensively. They still have a lot of chemistry issues trying to score as well. So, because you know, bringing all this up kind of segues here to PSG versus Real Madrid. And when we went into the season, we thought, okay, well, like there have never been higher expectations on a team than, than PSG this year. And when they drew against United, and you see on the Champions League Instagram account, it says, you know, who you got, who you backing. I'm like, honestly, I feel like United. And then <laughs> now that they're playing Madrid, I think Madrid are even better. So I'm like, yeah, Madrid. Yeah. Like, I think it's going to be almost 100%. like we saw a few seasons ago where PSG went up against Madrid and Madrid just kind of had to remind them, like, I know you guys are the new kids on the block and you guys think you're making noise, but there's levels to this and, and we're going to show you how it's done. No, Madrid are on form. Yeah. <clears throat> I haven't lost since, since games, early October. Yeah, literally. Yeah. And not just that, but like winning. Right? And the, you look at the game this weekend um, just against against the domestic rivals and you think to yourself, like, you know, Atleti, okay, they're not always what they could be. And you and I have been pitching a rebuild for Atletico Madrid since since last year around this time, right? Like once, or maybe yeah. it was March last year. It was whenever they got knocked out of the Champions League last year. And we kind of just said, obviously, this isn't going to... Something needs to change, yeah. Right? Yeah, like what they're doing now, they have two good players, too good a squad to be continuously only reaching this level. And the era of just like shutting teams out seems to be right. a little bit behind us. And Madrid did it pretty comfortably. Like it didn't even look like it was that... Difficult. Part of it was Vinicius, who's now leveled up again. He's on something else. I have to give him credit now. Now yeah. I'll admit that I have Thank to give you. Yeah, credit. this episode we can because a few episodes ago you're like, no, it can't be wrong yeah. three times. One twenty-one. This is the right time. This is the time for Vinicius. It is. It's Vinicius's time. And you know, obviously, when you have on paper this game is one thing, but in reality, it's another. And Real Madrid still have a lot of their Champions League winning core. And they haven't really been like super disappointing anywhere this season. I think Ancelotti progressively has kind of figured it out. And yes, a lot of it relies on the link-up play between um, Vinicius and Benzema. And by the way, Benzema's jersey will be on this wall like pretty soon. It's Christmas time, so packages are delayed. But <laughs> Elmont Youth Soccer did a job here. Bernardo and, and uh, Benzema are coming to this wall. But nice. I think that Vinicius is becoming everything that they wanted Eden Hazard to be for Benzema, like in this kind of right. intricate link-up play where he's just like, he's That's scoring, true. he's blistering by people. His, his take-ons are, are unreal, right? And But he's still so young that his upside potential is just is absurd. And it makes me wonder next year when Mbappe plays there, like Mbappe, I guess, just goes to the right wing because Vinicius, I think, has kind of owned this position a little bit. And don't get me wrong, I think, you know, Mbappe is, is still obviously miles clear of Vinicius, but... I wonder how they're going to work this together, right? And Benzema doesn't seem like he's slowing down just yet, right? So it's not like he's just going to walk into the striker spot. No, I don't think so. No, and maybe it's just going to become fluid. but horrific injury, but I don't think this is going to happen. No, me neither. And so when we look at this fixture, I I see what Real Madrid are this season and what PSG are this season. And all of the confidence and conviction I had in PSG at the beginning of the season is gone. I'm now like, and, and all the lack of confidence that I may have had for Real Madrid 
is gone too. Like I'm now, I've done a complete 180. Now I'm such a fan of Real Madrid again and, and what they're able, what I think they can accomplish. And for PSG, my hopes are are not high for them at all. No, I don't think so. I think <laughs> they had a chance of going through against us. Obviously they did. Mm. They still have a chance. It's just a, a lot smaller and a lot, you know, less convincing than mm-hmm. it is now to back them. I think even their fans will admit that they're the underdogs for this game. Yeah. Probably. Um, do you want to do more analysis than that on this game, or do you want to just hit? Because honestly, I feel like just by touching on what Real Madrid are good it, at yeah. and what PSG are have been a little bit underwhelming at, I think you know, like th- for that reason, I think whether it's across one leg or two, and I know it will be two, I can't see Real Madrid being upset here. Yeah. I, I think no way goal advantage. Be. By the way, Again, yeah, that's season. right. They so, got rid of that. How yeah. do you think that's going to affect the the not just the draws that we've seen, but like the competition for for this season? It's definitely like going it to have more penalties. It? I don't. Mm. I don't like it. I think you don't like it. I know I don't because I think it completely ruins the the transfer underdogs to go through. Mm. Right, like we've seen so many teams go on on away goals, and it sucks for the for the winning or for the you know the good the better team. But I don't know if they're trying to get less Cinderella stories in the game or just force smaller teams to try and score more. But by doing so, you're making them even weaker for the bigger teams to score against them. Right. See, I'll play devil's advocate here a little bit. I'll I'll advocate why I like it, if not for my my actual opinion, just for the sake of argument. Um, by doing this, you are incentivizing teams to always be playing, right? So in that sense, I remember a few times where the underdogs have gone through. And you're right, it, it it's usually the underdogs who get the favor for, for away goal rule because usually the favorites are able to handle it. Um, you know, whenever in whatever time frame they need. Yeah. But it, it sucks at times when a team can like lose a game in advance. Like, I think it's a little bit weird. And I think as the sport kind of evolves, mm. I can understand why UEFA and, and maybe even FIFA, like depending on how this is received going forward would say, no, like you, we can't still have this version where, where we see the memes now of like, how am I going to tell, you know, my kid that this team won, lost and drew this game. And it's like, that's, that's a good point, right? Like yeah. it's true. We've seen at times where where a side loses the or wins the first leg and then loses the second, where they actually draw, but on goal difference they had more away goals and therefore they go through. And it's like, well, this is just confusing. I like that now there is the, everybody has to play and earn for every result that they have. And if you right. lose two one, that could then you can't win. Now, obviously, the the counter argument to that is how much does atmosphere play an advantage in football? Maybe you argue it, it offers a lot. Huge. And to be honest, at some stadiums, it is gigantic, right? Like it seems like you're right. Like, bro, I remember walking into Anfield, like every time city play at Liverpool at Anfield, it's terrifying, right? But it's terrifying from yeah. the moment that you enter the city because they're freaking smashing the bus with, with, <laughs> with objects, right? It's like, what, what is going on here? Right. Yeah, so that element of it, counselors. how does it not earn you more to be able to play through that and beat them there? But on the other hand, it's like, well, like, because that's the advantage, but you have, you should have the same one at home, right? So realistically, if you are both to win your home games and your level on goal difference, then you go to penalties, right? You go to extra time and stuff. I, I actually don't mind that format, but I do understand what you're saying about it, it does favor the favorites. Yeah. And I, yeah, we like we've, seen, we've seen a lot of teams win the Champions League by being underdogs and right. You know, Jose Mourinho's won two of them like that with Inter and, and with Porto. And, and yeah. you'd be robbed of those because those are two trebles that he's won mm. that way. And um, yeah, I don't know. It's just my take on it. No, it's it's fair. It's completely fair. And as we yeah. move across them, so we've, we we kind of touched on PSG and, and Real Madrid. Um, I'm just going to rapid fire these in no particular order as we go. Inter versus Liverpool. I'm going to do the reverse order of how I wrote them down. Okay. Inter versus Liverpool. Liverpool topped their group, Inter finished second in theirs with Real Madrid. How does this fixture go? It's marginally more difficult than the one they had with Salzburg, but I think mm. they can still smack them up all That's different just types it. of like, Honestly, <laughs> like, uh, whenever I, when we saw initially the, re, the, like, the reshuffle, yeah. all I could really think to myself was, does this change who goes through in any of the fixtures? And it only I, benefited at Bayern, uh, sorry, Atleti and United because Bayern had Atleti and they were heavy favorites. So now Atleti have a chance to go through. 
and uh, and so do United, I guess. But the rest were pretty head on. I guess. Like I feel like for most of the fixtures here, I could have picked the winner just based on who they are, right? Like based on how, and we're, we're kind of talking about, we'll talk to this a little bit. We'll speak to this a little more when we get to city, but the favorites ought to be favorites. The the group winners should be the ones who win unless the team that they're playing had two European giants in their group. Right. Right. I E Lille and Chelsea. And we'll get to that game in a second, right? Lille won their group, but their group was kind of a joke, right? Like if Juve or Chelsea happened to be in that group, then Juve or Chelsea would have won the group. And then Lille having swapped would have, for example, finished second in that group. Right. So because Juve and Chelsea were in the same group stage group or because City and PSG were in the same one, somebody has to finish second and therefore somebody who finishes first is going to get shafted, right? right? So the fact same that... Same with Liverpool Atletico. Right, exactly. Same with Liverpool Atletico, exactly. So Liverpool, I think, beat Salzburg, right? And I think they beat Inter. And is it marginally mm-hmm. more competitive? But Probably, but... Who like if you look at who's going to be knocking Liverpool, and I hope I'm eating my words here, especially as it relates to, to Liverpool, who's going to be knocking Liverpool out of the Champions League? It's not going to be a side of that caliber. It's going to be a boys. side on Liverpool's level, which is like yeah. another English giant or Bayern or, or Bayern. maybe Real Madrid because <laughs> Real Madrid have been outsta- outstanding too. Excuse me. Yeah. Aside from those. It's like, well, it doesn't matter who they play, right? They're going to get a second tier team anyway. And everyone who finished second were either Chelsea, PSG, or, or and by the way, Liverpool would smash PSG, right? Liverpool mm-hmm. couldn't play Chelsea because it's still around a 16. And Atletico Madrid, we, didn't we see that, that? No, they had them in their group, right? So they couldn't even get that. And we saw how that fixture The went, only right? other so, big team that they could have drawn is PSG. Right. And they would have smashed them. They would have smashed them, right? Like, let's be real. Let's call it what it is here. PSG, we've lost all, all faith in, in PSG. Yeah. Um, and especially Those are the teams that finished second, Liverpool would have killed all right. of them. Right. So as Liverpool, that they were eligible see, to play, you know, how do you see the game going specifically like for Inter versus Liverpool? Do you have a score prediction? Obviously, I think we both are. We're in agreement that Liverpool go through four one in, in on aggregate. Like if mm. not, and that's being generous to Inter. That close. See, I think I, I could see it being like marginally more competitive. I could see it being like four two, like two one each game, for right. example. Right. But like, I don't know. And maybe, but I, I have seen. You know, Inter are top of the league right now too, right? Like they they did take a step off after Conte left and after some of their best players left, right? Lukaku left yeah. and um, and uh, Hakimi left, but Barella is still there in the heart of the team, right? Yeah. So he's still he's still you know doing his thing. Jeko is doing excellent in his partnership play with with um, Lautaro. And Denzel Dumfries has been an excellent replacement for Hakimi at right wing back because he's kind of fitting the same profile. So Inter did an okay job at rebuilding their they squad. They did well. To, you know, to, to kind of fit the same mold. I agree. I'm not saying that they're going to beat Liverpool by any stretch. I think Liverpool will comfortably beat them. But I I don't want to say like 100% like, oh, they're going to get absolutely dominated because that would be more of... And if it is that, then I hope it's more of a compliment to Liverpool and less of a knock on Inter. Oh, absolutely. Right. I think Inter is a good team. I just think mm. Liverpool are several steps better right. than they are. Um, what about Villarreal and Juve? It's going to be a boring game, I can tell you that much. Yo, literally, <laughs> I'm not man. excited to no, watch that game. No, I am so not going to watch that. I hope any other fixture is on during that time. because I listen, think Chelsea-Lil like, is. It looks like that it is. Okay, but even that, bro, like these, these are not going to be the most exciting games. Yeah, but of, of that game. is not the time to watch. <laughs> <laughs> the disappointing Champions League games. Listen, Villarreal and Juve are... Ju- Juve are just a little bit boring under Allegri, right? Like, it just is what it is, right? If his system is predicated yeah. on getting wins no matter what, then he's more concerned with getting points rather than how he gets them. And they haven't been great, right? Juve, I think, are only fifth in the Serie A, if I'm not mistaken. So it's not like they're the Juve of old that are, you know, shutting teams out and firing things in. They're not even the same team that they were with Ronaldo under Pirlo. And I know that wasn't a dominant side either, but, you know, at least, you know, you know, remember the Champions League game against Atletico Madrid where they go down and right, Ronaldo, right. like, okay, but Ronaldo is not going out to the Atletico three, Madrid no. and he scores yeah. the hat trick, right? Like the excitement I feel is lost a little bit. And again, I don't want to knock on Italian teams because I'm actually a, a pretty big fan of the Serie A and the teams in it, but 
Look at what AC Milan were able to accomplish in their group. Like nothing. How long has it been since you're in the Champions League and you just go out like that, right? And I understand Juve at one point did smash Chelsea, which is excellent for them. But having watched how they play, especially, oh my God, against a team like Villarreal, we can knock Juve's playing style if we want. Or we could just go straight to the point, which is that Juve are the better side here and will probably have the advantage. But Villarreal... Is capable know, of an upset. Let me is capable that. of an upset. That's just it. Exactly. Right. Who yeah. did Villarreal it's, have? We were supposed to have them, right? We, that's who City. Uh, they initially. were in our group. They were with right. United and um and what's it called? Atalanta. United, Villarreal, yeah. Atalanta, and uh, yeah. Exactly. And Young Boys. Right. Young and boys. so honestly, like so you watched and, and played against Villarreal. Can you weigh in a little bit here on, on what you experienced playing against them in the Champions League this year? And then we'll segue to your game against Atletico. I mean, we we beat them home and away, but it wasn't comfortable by any stretch of the imagination. Like it, we right. needed last minute winners, I think, in both games to get through. Mm. Um, and it wasn't. I think it was just not a good reflection of what happened in those games to say that United got six points from Villarreal. They are a difficult side to play against. They've got dangerous people on the counter attacking. They're good at switching it. And if Juventus go complacent, they're going to lose one of those games. And it's going to be tough, mm. perhaps, because we know Juventus isn't one for like lighting out teams. And when they win 3-0 in this area, it's again, it's not a good reflection of how the game went. They mm. score, but it's not like they're lighting everyone up. And I think Villarreal is very organized and could be able to figure it out. Like I was super impressed with how Danjuma played in general. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I would also favor Juve in this game just because of their stature in this in this competition. I right. just still think that, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if Villarreal actually calls an upset. And if you're a betting person, maybe that's one you to go for because the rest kind of, you know, that's exactly that. That's exactly to my next point. I was just going to ask that. Like, if you had to pick a, a an underdog to go through from one of these round of 16 games, right? From one of these eight games here, who would you take? It, it might be Villarreal, right? And it's, yeah. again, not not at the expense of, of, of Juve, like, to knock them, but just, like, in this game, is you just have that little bit of a, of a gut feeling that maybe, and then if yeah. Juve are able to like Something comfortably is, smash yeah. through them, then we can revisit Juve and say, okay, so as it turns out, Juve are a little bit more than we thought than we than we let on because Juve, to their credit, topped a group with current Champions League winners, Chelsea in it, right, including mm-hmm. a game that they smashed them in. So Juve are good to get the job done, but when you have these kind of like crafty, tough sides like Villarreal with nothing to lose here. Hey, like, yeah, but let's not, might be let's worth not an forget that they only topped the group after being smashed 4-0 by Chelsea because Zenit but then it's St. But they smashed, didn't they smash Chelsea back too? I don't know, to be honest. I, can't I remember, thought they smashed I, Chelsea I back like too. Yeah. I feel, I know they beat Chelsea. I just don't know if they smashed them too, but I, I'm, I'm pretty sure that they did. Maybe, I'm going to check. Maybe, yeah. Please, let me check. Let me check as I, as I go through. Um, because I'm I'm like 90% sure they did, and I don't have the app on me, so I'm not even going to. But you know what? We're, I'm going to say it with conviction. Here, I I'm can say it. Bro, Juve smashed Chelsea. There we go. There's the conviction <laughs> that we need. They beat them. They beat them senseless. No, I'm pretty sure they did get their revenge, and, and they beat Chelsea comfortably. Am I right? Oh, the app doesn't. The app doesn't. Oh, my goodness. Bro. Jesus oh, Christ. my God. It's going to be. We are so unprofessional here at the Jersey Wall Podcast. We didn't have. But we are. We, go, we were so. Pro- no, they only beat them one nil. Yo, that's that's smashed. As far as I'm concerned, <laughs> just to if for nothing else than to antagonize Joe, they smashed him. So Juve, bro, <laughs> can get the job done when you need. Yeah, they to. nailed them. They nailed. <laughs> All right, let's go to uh, to the next fixture. This, I guess, would be a good place for for United uh, because this was United's potential encounter anyway. Atletico Madrid versus United. There's no shortage of storylines here, right? No. Ronaldo's revisiting his good old friend Diego Simeone. He's had. <laughs> no shortage of clutch performances there. Um, it's probably, I don't know, is it marginally more favorable for you guys than having to play PSG? At least in terms of star power, probably. Yeah. But in terms of yeah, fixture probably. type, I don't know. I don't know if in terms of fixture type, it's actually easier to play against a, a more defensive-oriented team who, in their own right, are no slouches, right? No. Like, we, we've pitched Simeone rebuilds can cause us problems, 100%. Yeah. Tell me about and it. we know that... You, it, Typically, English teams kind of struggle against Spanish teams, but Diego Simeone is one that can absolutely cause us problems because not only is he extremely organized, but his team is incredibly versatile. Like, they always, always deliver the same type of football that he wants. Obviously, it didn't work for him against Liverpool, but we know 
we've said that don't play a back three against Liverpool. Yeah. Um, we told them and, right here yeah, on the podcast. Exactly. We said how many, how long, how many poems do I have to write before these guys get <laughs> when playing against Liverpool? Don't use a back three. I said that. Jesus Christ. Yeah, it's Pay it's attention. the kryptonite, and um, it is. They can cause us problems, but if there's one guy that can absolutely cause Diego Simeone headaches and nightmares, it's Cristiano Ronaldo, and he's yeah. on our team. And how so much influence do you think he'll have over this game? Not in terms of like on the score sheet, but in terms of preparation. Like, do you think he just he he'll be the one to suggest a little more? Like, listen, all due respect, Mister Ragnarok. You know, I I I I kind of feel like I know what to do here. Yeah, because, he'll definitely have some insight because we the way the, obviously that everyone is expecting us to play under Ralph Regni is to be attacking and to be pr- high pressing. And coming up against a low block that is going to be Diego Simeone's low block, you're going to have to figure out solutions. And definitely, mm-hmm. I think Ronaldo would be part of like consulting for getting ready for this game because right. he's had so much preparation against Atleti before and so much experience against him that I don't think Ralph has had before. But obviously, like playing against a low block is not something that's new for managers. But coming no. up against a very organized team like this is going to be, you know, you're going to need the, the insight of someone like Ronaldo. And it'll be interesting to see how, like the possession for this game, because yeah. credit where credit is due for Simeone, he has attempted to be a little bit more expansive in his footy here. And usually he's one to, you know, in historically we've seen, right? Park the, park the bus, play the low block, let the other team have the ball. There's no way they're getting through. What we've seen more recent, which is hard for a team that presses high because who's going to have possession, right? Like Ragnick mm-hmm. almost is like, I want to capitalize on your mistakes. So I'm just going to press you back and you guys hold the ball and then we'll just get it off you and score. Whereas Simeone is going to be like, no, we don't want the ball. You have the ball, you take the ball so that you can try to break us down. And I don't know if like Which I still think at the current moment is the best way to play against United. I still think that yeah, at the current probably. moment it is the best way. Right. But we'll have to wait and see how yeah. the team looks like in February, I guess. Exactly. And how they line up, right? Are they going to like revert back to the old ways of four four two, which Ronaldo is just so comfortable playing against? I would or, honestly, for this game, I'd absolutely go Ronaldo and Cavani up top, play a diamond and just cross the ball in so much. Like just absolutely tired, like run them riot. Even if they play like the three four one two, because they've been playing that like yeah, a little if, bit if more. If you play a back three and, and your three center backs have to handle Cavani and Ronaldo with Bruno and Sancho and That's true. Rashford coming in everywhere, that it's a nightmare for, for a back three. That's true. That's true. But however, the counterside is that your back line will have to deal with a Joao Felix, right? And yeah, I'm hoping Varon's back. But <laughs> yeah, and a Lamar, right? Like, because they've been playing three five two at some points, right? Or three four one two, and they play with Felix, but he's dropping off and playing deep. And Suarez, yeah. hey, listen, Suarez gets the better of Maguire a thousand times out of a thousand, right? Like 100%. one a, a billion 100%. times out of a billion, right? He will 100 percent win that matchup. But yes, if Varon's back, that is them, a massive get them boost. Best of most defenders, anyway. And, yeah, and this is no difference. It's probably just going to be a little bit easier. Fair enough. Um, any uh, final thoughts on that game? And then, of course, like, don't don't get me wrong, guys. We're kind of like briefing through some of the analysis here because it's still two months away to look at. So we're 100% yeah. going to be revisiting these uh, in February. But until then... I think then, um, Atleti United is, is the most 50-50 game out of this entire draw. I actually think the most 50-50 game is Benfica-Ajax. But right. I, I see where you're coming from there. I think... And listen, don't get me wrong. Like, Ajax have been unbelievable this season in the Champions League, bro. Six for six. They were smashing everybody, including Dortmund. They beat the piss out of Dortmund, all right? Mm. And Sebastian Allaire has been the best player. He's, I'm no doubt, going to score 100 goals. But Benfica have impressed me. And in match week one, they didn't play very well. Like, in the, who's the, the last place? I, I keep forgetting. It's one of the Z teams in their group. Um that they were with well, I don't know. Kiev. They were with Barcelona. Yeah. They were with Kiev. On the first match week, they played a pretty poor game against Kiev where I thought that they were actually going to lose that game. But in all of the other games that they played, including against Benfica smacked winning, up Barcelona. Sm- yeah, smacked up Barca. They played very respectably for most of the game against Bayern. Obviously, Bayern, you know, the quality will shine through, and that's fine because they're not expected to take points against, against Bayern. But they played right. extremely well in those games, and they were very back and forth which impressed me big time. And so, you know, if we're looking at how competitive Benfica, and I know the scoreline did not reflect, this is the important part. I want everybody to really remember this because yes, I'm a Benfica fan, but I'm, I'm an integrity person. The, what they were able to do against Bayern for as long as they were able to do it 
is not indicative of how the scoreline ended. Because in some of the games, the scorelines were like, you know, I think they put like four past Benfica. But it seemed really harsh because for like 75 minutes, man, it was like neck and neck. And then yeah. the quality person. And those are the margins. And those At are the margins. Point. Absolutely. And then if maybe it's just Benfica only had that much in him trying to, to match Bayern for, for energy and, and for, for competition. But Ajax are not as good as, as Bayern, right? Nobody is. Bayern's, you know, almost in a league of their own. So I feel yeah. like having to deal with, uh, you know, a very possession-oriented and attack-minded team, you know, from the school of press and blah, 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 all these other things. I feel like Benfica will, like, it'll be a competitive game. Benfica seemed to be able to rise to the occasion. And I could be completely wrong, but if you remember in our preview episode for this, I did say Benfica make it out of the group over over Barca, mm-hmm. right? And at the time, it seems like almost like it's a joke because it's like, yeah, right. But it, it ended up happening, right? Like, yeah. Barca are not, a good, and we were saying, we were saying it for how long? Barca are not a good side right now. Benfica are a good enough side that they could, they are better than current Barca. And we saw it. They beat them, right? Yeah. And so I feel like that game will be more competitive. See, but but on a different scale, right? Athleti, Athleti versus uh, United will grab all the headlines. Whereas Ajax Benfica will be like a purest game to watch because historically these are two massive clubs that just don't have like the same media attention or or transfer pull. They just they kind of do their the same thing respectively, right? Cultivating talent and then selling it off. And I'm really really excited to actually watch how that game takes takes place. Me too. I think it'll be an entertaining game. I think it'll be the yeah. exact antithesis of what Villarreal and Juventus have to offer. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Like That's I think tune fair. into that game. Um, yeah, obviously it's it's sad that that one and, and Atleti United are on at the same time, um, mm. but you know split screens that's what they're for. That's what they're for. Um, let's touch on Chelsea versus Lille only briefly, and I want to end with Sporting versus. Yeah, City, Roman so did kinda, the thing. Yeah, Roman did the thing, right? Like, you know, we we spoke about this a little bit earlier. With it's not always the case that the that the group winner will be the favorite in the fixture. Chelsea are the, the current reigning champs, bro. Like, and Lille, and I got a Lille jersey on this wall. Don't get me wrong. Jonathan David, my boy, we did an episode. You know I'm a fan of Lille. We did an episode blowing up Lille. I've spoken tirelessly about what Lille are good at and what they're not. And the truth of the matter is that when Christophe Gatsier left Lille, they took a massive step down, right? Yep. As a lot of teams do when they lose their, their manager who's, who's of premium quality, right? Because Lille lost their manager they are not able to recreate the form that they were at last season and it would have been interesting to see not that they would have stood any more of a chance Chelsea are always going to smash them but it would have been more interesting to see that version of Lille take them on because against current like this version of Chelsea it doesn't matter for me to offer any sort of analysis about how Lille can win this game is silly right there's no way they're going to get run through everywhere on the pitch sure Lille can you know they've been steadily improving and I respect that and Jonathan David is a Canadian goal-scoring machine, and I love that about him. But Chelsea are Chelsea. Chelsea are the current reigning defending UEFA Champions League winners. They're not losing the game to Lille. It's just not happening. There was no way they could have gotten a better draw. And no. they Twice. Had a, I Twice. Think I, saw this. I think I saw this. It was 6.25% chance that they could have gotten them again, and they did. Yeah. So who determined I that? The, I saw that same PayPal. stat. Who, who determined that? PayPal? PayPal determined that, yeah. When, PayPal, when the it cash app transfer wafers, company. Yeah, when it reached your wafers. Pay- oh, uh, I see. <laughs> wallet, PayPal determined. Uh, that. Oh, I see. I misunderstood. <laughs> I thought you meant PayPal analytics team determined what the likelihood of a, of a team drawing the same team uh, twice That's in not a that row. difficult to calculate. Okay, please. It's walk like, me through it then. Okay, so it's like the probability multiplies. So if the probability of you drawing six on a dice twice in a row. Mm-hmm. So if one time is one over six. The other time it's also one over six. So the probability of getting them twice in a row is one over thirty-six because they multiply. So that's not. It's not that difficult to calculate. But so you're telling me none of the other teams factor in because Chelsea could have. Because it's not just that they could have. Oh, I guess I see. I, okay, I see what you mean. The sides of the dice would be the other possible teams that they could get. Yeah. Okay, I see. I see. Yeah, they. Had, I think they had like five possible teams that they could face. That they could have played against. It's one over five times whatever. Like right. I can't remember how many teams they they oh. had that they could play, and I think the probability just multiplies. I thought it was going to be so much more complicated than that because I was here doing it with like every team in the competition, but that's silly. Because well, they unless can't play. unless they yeah, unless they meant like there's a six point two five percent chance that they could have drawn them at the point that they drew them, right. which would change things. Right. But I think in general, yeah. 
Okay. All right. Fair. But nonetheless, you're right. PayPal determined it anyway, so it doesn't even matter. Yeah. Probability aside, Roman Abramovich said. Sorry for nerding out there, guys. <laughs> no, no, it's fine. Roman Abramovich said, "Donne-moi les dogs. Je veux les dogs. <laughs> I want to kill those freaking dogs," and and, and they will. Um, and so again, we're just kind of saving Bayern versus Salzburg. I like a lot, but I do want to save Sporting versus City to close us out here. But again, we're running we're running a little heavy on time, so we're not going to be able to go as deep into it as we will. But we will 100% right. revisit it. Bayern versus Salzburg deserves the same level of analysis as uh, Chelsea, Chelsea versus Lille does. <laughs> because there's nothing to talk about here, right? One team is Bayern Munich. Any team, and I'll go so far as to say this, any team that Bayern drew, doesn't matter. Bayern are winning. Right? Like yep. until we get to like the super, super, super later stages in the competition. Like semifinals. Yeah. Up to that point, doesn't matter. Bayern are better. Bayern are better. Bayern are better than Salzburg. And, and it's like, but Nathan, they were going to play Atletico Madrid. Doesn't matter. They would have smashed Doesn't Atletico matter. Madrid. Yeah. They would have beat Atletico 8-0 on aggregate. Bayern are ruthless, <laughs> Bavarian winning machines. And they are going to at least the semifinal, I think even the final, Hopefully we'll have to see how the bracket works out. I know. Screw uh, them, bro. The worst. The worst. I hate you. You know what? Screw you, Roman. Screw you, Joe, <laughs> specifically, and Mark, who's also listening to this. And Sporting versus City is going to close us off. And you may think, you know, Why? Why is this the game? Because it's not the game that diver- that deserves the most analysis, but it's the discussion points that go with it. And we have a tight four minutes to bring it to, to our audience. So we're just going to scratch the surface of the discussion we had in our group chat earlier today. City are going to, would have beaten Villarreal, right? Probably, I'm sure we can probably agree on that. Yeah, City will beat um, Sporting. They have to, right? It's the same kind of argument. Yeah, we're confident. The in thing saying is, that. when you have, and I'm, I'm diving right into my side of the argument here. Yeah, we're, we are confident in saying that. The thing is, we're confident in saying that City beat most teams, right? Until City mm-hmm. play a team of like, you know, superlative quality, put, put your X on the Nathan Bingo card, because I know I use that a lot. Until City play a team of that quality, we don't typically think that City will lose. So we right. overlook what those teams actually are when City do lose. And last season, City, for the first time, reached the final, got past the quarterfinal. Never mind freaking reached the final, right? They had only visited one semifinal before, and it was a very long time ago. And since then, we haven't been able to push past the quarterfinal, right? And we're not at the quarterfinal yet, so I don't want to overlook it just yet. There's uh, something to be said about the quality of opposition, and I'll let you kind of propose that argument in one minute or less (laughs) to say, how come City always get favorable draws, right? Tell me. Present this argument to me. I mean, in... Okay, we can revisit this at length in February before the games, Absolutely. but for, you know, in the interest of time, I would just say that um, City are always expected to beat the team that they face in the round of 16, but whenever you've lost in the round of 16 or the quarterfinal, it hasn't been the main reason and the main criticism is, oh, Pep over, overthinked it again, or mm-hmm. overthunk it again. It, it, it was it. always overthought it. Yeah, there, there you go. <laughs> Pep overthought the lineup or the tactics and it cost you big time. And I think that it speaks more to the quality of City than it does to the quality of the opposition. That that is always the first thing that you come up that you come up with. Because yes, those teams have been good, like Monaco, like Lyon, and, and all those other teams. Those teams have been good and they've they deserve to beat you guys when they did. But if Pep didn't overthink it, it, that might have not been the case. And it's always difficult to talk about if, buts, and maybes. But the first thing that we always say when City lose in the Champions League early on is that Pep overthought it. Right. And and my my biggest issue with this is like, if City are expected to beat everyone, but then we don't, and we say it's Pep's fault, like, what is the argument here? What are we saying? That the team's bad or that City overthought it? Because it can't be both, right? It's like, did we blow right. it because of Pep's There's a distinction, thought? yeah. Right. And so for this game, in terms of actual analysis for it, there isn't much, right? Obviously, um, led by Ruben Amorim, who longtime Jersey Wall fans will know I'm a huge fan of. I pitched him as the Juve manager in their rebuild, right? I think that he can do great things. I just think that, you know, after seeing last season in particular, City can and will shake these kind of cobwebs of of giving a little too much credit and respect to these to these smaller teams that they should beat. And ultimately, if City are the favorites for this competition, and they have been for a while, and they haven't deserved to be for a while, if they're the best team in the competition, then it shouldn't matter who you put in front of them. And I understand that the opposition is not as great, but in our group stage, we were put in the group of death, and we topped it, right? So it's like, yeah, well, what are you yeah. going to do? We play good teams, we beat them. We play bad teams, we beat them. 
we play mediocre teams. Sometimes we beat them. Sometimes we don't. What are you going to do? It's just, it is what it is. Right. Mm -hmm. But anyway, um, I want to revisit a lot of these discussions at length in the new year. For now, that kind of has to wrap episode number 121 of the Jersey Wall podcast because I have to go get my Zuko I tended to. Brethren, <laughs> thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me as always. It was a lot of fun today. It was a lot of fun. I'm happy that I got to reminisce and talk about you know my experience. Yeah, me too. So, it was amazing. Where can we find more from you on social media? You can find me at MinaDuckOli98 on Instagram and brand new you can find me at pharaoh 7 on Colorcast. give us a listen on there if we are to continue doing that um, and on Twitter I'll follow you back if you can follow me if you can find me love it you can find me on Instagram at the Nathan Santos and everywhere else at MasterChef Nay including on YouTube where you can find special bonus clips of the Jersey Wall podcast and Bro Talk and all that fun stuff MasterChef Nay is also my handle on TikTok where you can find me making TJW Bites for shortened content and on ColorCast, where we do live commentary on games. That's all at MasterChef now. I'm pretty much everywhere uh, with that handle. Find the Jersey Wall podcast on Instagram at TJW Podcast. And don't forget to go to ElmontYouthSoccer.com and finish up your holiday shopping, guys. Enter promo code TJW10 at checkout to save yourself even more money. Guys, we love you so much. We thank you so much. And we look forward to seeing you back here next week, right here on the Jersey Wall Podcast, baby. Woo!